Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode 12. We are talking verification and validation today. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, where we are building profitable food businesses, one product, one process, one thought at a time. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannensteel. I know I always say that it is this one thing that changes everything. And for each podcast, that's, you know, kind of generally true, though I suppose if one thing changes everything, nothing maybe changes everything. But in this podcast today about verification and validation, there are actually three things, okay? And these are the three things that are most important for you to do, frankly, for absolutely everything. We write down what we're going to do, we do it, and then we figure out what went wrong when one or two didn't happen and cope with it. How do I know that following those three steps is the ticket to solving all the issues? Because, well, I see it in my own life. I write down what I am going to do, and I either do it or I don't do it. And when I don't do it, I figure out what happened. Being sure of yourself when you do that is completely incomparable. When you know you're doing what you were meant to do, you are out there building the business you were meant to build and being the person in the world that you were meant to be. We can write down our intentions with anything. It can be with eating. It can be with spending money. It could be with drinking, being on social media, or reading a book and organizing our free time. When you write down what you said you were going to do and you do it, you're actually being really decisive. Being really decisive saves epic amounts of time and energy. And I promise that means you will have more prosperity in your life, kind of however you define it. You'll stand in a place of clarity and you'll know your truth. You will be more centered and you will be more calm and you will understand your own discomfort. Because the way forward is through discomfort. It's through understanding that committing to something in your food safety plan, in your business plan, in your life, means that you're going to have to do stuff you might not actually want to do. So, like, what the heck does this have to do with verification and validation? Well, frankly, it has everything to do with it. You know, and the point of this podcast is as I'm taking these concepts around life coaching, around marketing coaching, and I'm bringing them into the food business because what we do in local food is so very important. It's so important to the nutrition we feed ourselves, to how we treat the land, to how we treat our communities and the food that's available to us, that these tools around understanding your own mind can transform the local food system. And that's really what we're all about here at the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute. And so that brings us to verification and validation, because what I really see is that people can get their food safety plans written, okay? And they can figure out their critical control points. They can figure out how they're cleaning. They can figure out all those different things. 
But then what they're left with is this binder or several binders with all of this documentation. If you work with me one-on-one, -on -one, I hand you all of this documentation. And it can be very overwhelming. Verification and validation is the process we use to understand that documentation. It's the nitty gritty steps for all your critical control points, all your preventive controls, and all your standard operating procedures to say, did I do what I said that I was gonna do? You see, verification comes from the Latin root veritas and actually asks, did I tell the truth? But how do you know that you're telling the truth? Well, you know, each month in the power group, we actually go over how you're verifying and validating because telling the truth is that important. A lot of times what we actually do is we just tell ourselves we what we are going to do and make that good enough. Oh, well, I know I'll do that. And you just put it in your mental to-do list or your mental checklist. But over here in the land of food production, we actually have to write it all down. We have to write down what we're cleaning and how. We have to write down who we buy what from. We have to write a lot of numbers down. Did we meet our, our time and temperature controls? Did we do our pre-shipment review? We write stuff down because we have to. And verification is the check to see if what we wrote down is actually happening. So all that stuff that you wrote, the food safety plan, the critical control points, the preventive controls, the SOPs, verification is where you go back to every document and say, do we do it this way here? And if so, how do I know? And there are really only a couple of steps of verification after you write down what you're gonna do. Step one, you review your records, and we do this within seven days. So when you have, for example, a critical control point, you have records that you create. You call them make sheets, production sheets, batch records, whatever, whatever you call your records, okay? Those records have to be reviewed, dated, and timed for that review to be valid, okay? I hate that I use the word valid, but they have to be, they, they, in order for them to be acceptable to the government, they have to be signed, dated, and timed for best accuracy. So that's step one, is you review your records. Don't create all that data without actually doing something with it. Step number two is you have to check your measurement equipment so that you know that your equipment is telling the truth too. So we call this accuracy checking, calibration checking, okay? Your equipment has to be accurate. If you're measuring temperatures and your lobster has to get up to 185 degrees, well, you have to know that your thermometer is actually capable of measuring 185 degrees accurately. There are two kinds of calibration. I'm gonna have a whole podcast on calibration, but the short version is that your machinery gets what we call machine calibrated back at the shop or comes with a calibration certificate. Those calibration certificates are good for a year. 
And then you do accuracy checking or calibration checking where you take a known standard and you measure your, your equipment against a known standard. So you'd get a NIST calibrated thermometer, put it in an ice water bath and calibrate check your regular thermometers, okay? So calibration, don't worry, we're gonna have a whole podcast on it, but it's more complicated to explain than it is to actually do. But it's part of verification because your equipment has to tell the truth too. The third part of verification, and this may be the most important part, is you have to watch people do stuff, okay? In the USDA world, we call this direct observation, and heaven help you if you don't write direct observation down in your CCP documentation for verification. But you watch people do stuff. And again, we're gonna have a whole podcast on observations, okay? But watching people do stuff in your facility is the most important thing you can do because it will tell you so much about how things actually go on in your facility. Okay, then step four, which is the one that everybody thinks verification actually is, but this is the fourth and final step of verification, is testing your surfaces and your product for bacteria, for yeast, for molds, and for other things to see if everything is okay. But there's a reason that's the fourth thing that you do, and it's because if it's not okay, especially if you're testing finished product, you have the faintest idea where everything went wrong. So it is a step of verification. Yes, we do it, but it is not the end all and be all of verification, okay? So if you have a HACCP or a preventive controls plan, those four steps should sound very, very familiar because of course, when you're writing your HACCP or your preventive controls plan in the documentation, of your production preventive controls, your CCPs, your sanitation preventive controls, et cetera, you have to record how you're going to verify. And and it's very, very specific. You are going to, you know, the QA manager will directly observe workers calibrating thermometers monthly. I mean, it's that specific so that you know what you have to do to verify. So validation is actually a bit more subtle. You need to search for evidence that someone has studied your product or your process to make sure that it's sound. You need to be able to prove that you're using a process that someone out there with lots of letters after their last name probably has shown reduces the risks of the hazards in your process, okay? Now remember, hazards are the physical, chemical, and microbial things that can go wrong with your food and cause foodborne illness. So depending on what you're doing, this may mean looking in the directions for use of all your cleaning and sanitizing chemicals and make sure they're being used according to what the directions say. It may mean having papers available that show you are following all the steps to make sure your sausage doesn't develop Staph aureus during fermentation. It may mean finding the tables that you're cooking and cooling and freezing correctly. So how do you actually validate? Well, really there are kind of two steps in validation. Okay, there's the initial validation of your food safety plan where you're writing your CCPs and your sanitation controls and things like that where you go out and you find papers that have been published that say what you're doing is okay. 
Sometimes this is super easy and sometimes this is super hard. Further, you need to prove that you did everything in all the steps that the papers used in the materials methods section. Okay, and that's what we call 90-day validation. Your 90-day validation is where you take your written food safety plan and say, am I executing this correctly? And you do it for either 90 days of production, if you're you know, in production every day, or for smaller shops where you're only doing things maybe once or twice a month or once a week, you do it for 13 executions of the food safety plan. Okay, and you record that you did all of your verification steps. You record, if you're doing all your verification steps, you, do, you, you record that you did all of your monitoring. It's a little, again, it's a little harder to explain than it is to actually do, but what you do is you take all four of those previous steps, reviewing your records, checking your measurements, direct observations, watching people do stuff, and testing your surfaces, and you look at them from a bit more of a distance. What do all your production records tell you? What do all your observations tell you? That's your 90-day validation. And then you sit and you think and say, huh, did my food safety plan reflect what I'm actually doing? Am I doing what my scientific backing says, what the, what the you know, the people with the PhDs say prevents, in our case, Staph aureus in sausage? Am I actually doing that? And that will tell you your validation, like, are you making your food safe? Verification asks, am I telling the truth? And validation asks us, does what I'm doing help? And does it do what the scientists who have published papers, what the U.S. government has studied and published, is it in accordance to what they're doing? Okay, so that's the two steps of verification, validation. It's the initial finding the papers and figuring out what you're going to do, that it's scientifically sound. And then the 90-day validation is, did we actually do all of that and did it make a difference? Okay, so if you're in production, what you're going to do is you're going to plan on observing people this week while they're in the process of one of your written programs. This month in the power group, we're actually doing sanitation. And what they're gonna do is after they read their, their sanitation SOP, they're gonna spend 30 minutes observing the sanitation crew and they're gonna observe them in all the rooms that need cleaning, okay? So don't observe your sanitation crew emptying the garbage in the office, observe the sanitation crew in the ready to eat slicing and packing room, okay? They're going to watch things like whether or not the soap stays in contact with surfaces for 7 to 12 minutes. They're going to look and see if, if people are substituting water pressure for elbow grease because that substitution is super expensive and it really doesn't work. And it's not written in the SOP. All right. If people aren't in production, they're going to look at their scheduled cleaning process, you know, which is 
which we're figuring out as, as part of what we're doing. But that's when, you know, when are you cleaning the bathrooms? When are you cleaning the things that aren't directly in contact or, or super proximal to the food? Because, there, you know, there are things that you don't clean every day, right? You're going to watch people. Are they actually executing the scheduled cleaning process? If you're in production, you're going to watch people as they execute their critical control point. You need to schedule time. Go back and listen to last week's podcast. Schedule time in your calendar to look at your workers. And you do thought downloads on what you observed, okay? And what you think about what your workers are doing and what they are actually doing, because that's where you discover how to connect with your workers and how to move your process forward. If you pick sanitation as what you're going to verify and validate, you got to go find your manual for cleaning and sanitizing chemicals and actually read it. You got to find out where it says what temperature the water needs to be, what the pH of the water needs to be, and what the water hardness is because your chemicals need to be used within specific ranges of those measurements and you have to be able to make sure that you are meeting those numbers. And you have to make sure you have written proof that you are meeting those numbers, okay? So that information should be on your water test. If you had a water potability test, it is probably on there. If you're on city water, your municipal water sources, your municipal water source tests that once a quarter. And so you'll be able to go find that. So go dig out that documentation and make sure that you understand it. And then once you have your documentation, you write down, you know, on this day, we did meet all of our critical control points. We did all of our sanitation. We did all of our calibration checking. I observed my workers. That is a very, very, very short example of what you would do in your 90-day validation. And you just put that in a spreadsheet and... You do it for 13 executions of your food safety plan. And that's how you verify and how you validate. And then if you have thoughts, you do your thought downloads on what you said you would do, whether or not you and, and, and whether or not you did it. And you figure out what the heck is going on if you're not doing it. And that's where that strive protocol comes in where you say, okay, I people are supposed to be doing this and they're not. Well, go back and listen to Strive and figure out your thoughts on whether or not people are safe, trained, respected, invested in, and valued so that they can be empowered to execute your food safety plan the way it is supposed to be done. Okay. So now I know that unless you're in USDA production and FSIS compels you to do this work, you're really not going to want to do this. You're going to want to say that it's all okay and nothing is going wrong. This is very squishy thinking and squishy thinking wastes time. Be specific, be committed and get it done. Because somewhere your target market and now the FDA, they care that you are doing this work and you are doing it well. So do the work and do it well. That's what we got this week, my friends. You have an amazing week and we'll catch you next week. 
Hey, are you looking to connect with me over the growth and scale of your business? Well, we've got this really great new way to do it. Head on over to sfbdi.com slash blueprint and learn how you can get on a phone call with me and have 30 minutes that's going to like change your life and change the direction of growth and scale in your business. Love to talk to you soon. You've been listening to Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele on the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast. We hope you loved the show. For more information and show notes, please find us at sfbdi.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.